I remember playing a softball tournament on Friday night. It was in the middle of this hot week. And I remember suiting up and we show up for this Friday night game and and it was the last game, so you can imagine all the heat of the day and, and the, the excitement of the day. We've played two games already. We're in the third game of that night, and, and the sun is setting. And you can feel the coolness of the night creep in. And it's, it's feeling amazing. It's feeling amazing as the night's starting to cool off, and the dew is starting to settle on the grass. And I'm playing left center in this game, and this ball is hit on a line drive directly in between myself, left center, and our left fielder. And I start hearing my left fielder shouting out, I lost it, I lost it, I don't know where it is. And I am at this time in a full-on sprint. I'm seeing the ball and I'm seeing it falling fast. And so at the very last second, I, I see this ball and I just, I leap. With everything inside of me, I leap and I sprawl out and my glove extended and I, I feel the ball hitting my glove and, and I close it as tight as I can and as I hit the ground and I slide across the, the grass for a few feet, I, I have that moment, maybe you have too, where, have you ever had that moment where you just heard that ESPN top 10 sound? Da 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 da. I knew it. I, I was like, this is, this is it. Top 10 right here. I saved a few runs. We end up winning that game, and, and it was an incredible feeling of making this play. And then I fast forward, and the game is done, and I'm getting in my car, and I drive home, and I walk in the door, and you know, I, I shower, and I get ready to go to bed, and I crawl in my bed, and my alarm goes off in the next morning for my 8 a.m. game, and as I'm awakening from my night's sleep, I find something very intriguing to me. I discover that my body is really, really sore. I discover that my body is aching in ways I've never really felt before. I, I get in the shower and it hurts to move my arms to shampoo my hair. I'm walking rather uncomfortably into my car and at the ball field, I'm walking and I'm, I'm hurting. I have four games this morning, followed by a seating bracket after that. Here's what I discovered that day. I discovered that, wait, that weekend fully that uh, my body is not the same body that it was when I was 20 years old. My body has some new limits. It's not able to be abused, flung around, and thrown around, and put through the ringer like it used to be. I have some new limits that I wasn't aware of before, but I'm aware now. I'm aware now. Limits, though. What if, what if we looked at limits not as something that are bad, but rather, rather something that can help us grow and have more life. As I read the word of God and, and as I read more about the stories of the people in this book, I'm constantly intrigued and blown away with what God does. I'm constantly blown away with the people he chooses. I'm constantly blown away at these people have limits. They have hurdles. They're not perfect. 
But what's even more intriguing to me is that he uses them to create a better, fuller, more faith-filled life. Moses. Moses was a man who was limited in his speech abilities. He actually had a stuttering problem. He had a limit. David. David, remember, was a little, little guy, a little boy when he essentially took on Goliath. Or, or what about as he got older, he was, he was a guy with a wandering heart and wandering eyes. He had a limit. Or Peter. Peter. Peter who has this fiery and even at times uncertain heart. See, all of them had limits. But here's what's incredible. The limit of Moses in his speech actually was a gift because it, it led Moses to develop and discover his true leadership voice from God. David's size was a limit to the ordinary eye, but the size of, of David was actually a gift because it showed God's great power. And, and even his wandering eyes and even at times wandering heart, in that limit came such a beautiful gift because the Messiah comes from that lineage. And Jesus, let's, let's talk about Jesus. Jesus even himself was limited. Let's just be very honest. He was limited and tempted and tried in the desert by Satan to do something before the time was here. Jesus was also limited. It, he spent many years faithfully doing his job, working, showing up every morning, going to work, and doing his job to build, to create, to work. Jesus was even limited as a carpenter. He was limited at the time with what he could do. Now think about that. What if, by chance, what if, what if these limits in life are actually gifts from God? Like what if the limits in our lives are gifts from God? If we take a moment and we look at Jesus' life, I want to look at a text where, where we see this limitation and how God, Jesus, operates in this limitation. If you turn to me in, in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, this is what it says. A man with leprosy. Now, we've talked about leprosy before. Leprosy is this disease that if you had, you were casted out to the very outskirts of the city. It was a disease that nobody wanted to touch. It was nobody wanted to be around you if you had it. You essentially were outcasted and, and condemned for the rest of your life. A man with leprosy, though, came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. He says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. Let me say that again real quick. Uh, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. Remember this disease. And nobody wanted to be around anybody with this disease, let alone touch them. But Jesus, moved with compassion, reaches out and touches him. And he says, I am willing. 
be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. It's this miraculous moment. And then Jesus sends him on his way into, with a stern warning. Now listen to this part. Don't tell anyone about this, but instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. And this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But instead, <laughs> the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus. And he couldn't publicly enter the town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. Now, here's what's interesting. When you read this text, if you, when you read this text, there's, there's a few things to understand. Number one, the, the law and how it interacts with people with leprosy. The law here was, was put in place as a limit. The law forbid, okay, one to touch someone with leprosy. One who had leprosy, you were forbidden to touch them and, and in, at some ways fully interact with them. And there was a limit with even what the lepers could do themselves. A leper, okay, a leper was limited in their interactions. Remember that they're very outskirts of the city. They're limited on who they were to act and speak to. They're limited, lepers are, in many different ways and different laws that they had to follow. The laws were put in place to limit what they could and could not do. But you see, what's interesting is when you read this story, you have to understand that this is the first occurrence of a leper being healed. So let's perspective, understand what's happening here. This leper comes to Jesus, kneels at his feet, cries out for healing, and Jesus heals him. Heals him. And this would have been the first time that a leper was ever healed. And so Jesus tells him, go back to the priest. Go into the city. Go and tell the priest what, what has happened. Let him examine you. And there was a Levitical ceremony. There was a ceremony that is outlawed, or outlined sorry, in, in the book of Leviticus of what would happen. And this ceremony would have consisted with uh, cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet. But here's the interesting thing. No priest would have ever done the ceremony, essentially. <laughs> this is the first leper that's ever been healed. This surely would have been a sign and an indication of the Messiah. A priest certifying and declaring after close examination that this leper is fully healed would have been a sure sign that the Messiah is here. But instead... Instead, the leper, the man, had other plans. And I'm sure he meant well. I'm, I'm sure he had the best heart intent, right? I'm sure he meant well when he went and proclaimed it in the streets. I'm sure he meant well when he shouted it essentially from the rooftops. I'm sure he meant well with his heart of what he was doing. But we have to understand that this leper's actions, his disobedience of God, created a new limit of the ministry. Remember what is said here. 
as a result of this man sharing what had just happened, as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter the town anywhere. Think about that for a minute. Large crowds surrounded Jesus to the point where he could not enter into the town from anywhere. There's a new limit that Jesus is operating under now. He's limited from entering the town. And I want to be very clear about this and and hear me on this, okay? Here's what's intriguing about this. Is through this leper's disobedience, it creates a new limit. But what we discover is that out of that limit comes a new life and more life for other people. Now, I got to be clear about this. Disobedience of God is never encouraged or promoted. I, I don't sit here and say, if God tells you to go and do this, do the complete opposite and it's all gonna be okay. Now, disobedience of God is not recommended, it's not encouraged, but even in the midst of this disobedience, God is still able to use and operate and work with these limitations. So the limitations are not above God, but God works even in the midst of them. And we see people, it says that even as he's standing out there and he can't enter into the town, it says that people come from everywhere to come and see Jesus. He can't enter the town. He's in the secluded areas. And we see people coming from all over to meet him. So yet when Christ can't enter the city, he's forced to other areas. And people, people engage with him and meet Christ due to this limitation. Limits can be gifts from God. Limits can be gifts from God because in this moment of this limitation, all these people who came from all these other spots, all these other places, now received a new gift from God, a new life. They discovered him, they saw him, they interacted with Jesus Limits can sometimes also make us slow down. Limits can also make us slow down. Maybe you felt the limit sometimes of finances. Maybe you've looked at something to purchase. Maybe you've wanted to go purchase the new iPhone or or whatever it might be. But then you check that lovely thing called a bank account. And you discover, there's a limit in my bank account. I can't purchase a new iPhone. It makes us evaluate what we are going to be doing and spending our money on, a limit of our money and funds. Or or maybe it's the limit of the season of life that you are in. My 95-year-old grandfather can no longer do the things he used to do, believe it or not. He used to climb under a car and help out with oil changes and changing tires. He no longer does that because the season of life that he is in has limited him to what he can do. So maybe that's a a limit that you operate under right now or have operated under. And maybe for some of us, we just have to be honest with ourselves. Maybe there's a limit of who you are. Your personality limits you in what you do and what you can't do. I'm extremely extroverted, if you guys haven't discovered yet. But I have close friends and even families that, are not extroverted like me, which means 
they are not as quick to jump into certain activities as I am. Maybe your personality is a limit that you operate under. And maybe even you're in a season right now where you are limited by your emotional state or even your physical stature or even your mental state right now. Maybe you're operating right now in a limited capacity because of the season that you're in, because of circumstances and situations that you've been in. Limits. Limits can often, though, and I believe they are, limits can be gifts from God when we look at them accordingly. Limits can be gifts from God. Hear me out on this. What if God gifted each and every one of us with a particular gift that he planted deep down inside? And what if he gifted me for reasons and not others for those reasons so that we must rely on and depend on his spirit to work and others, the church body, to work? And what if God gave others around us different gifts and different limits so that we as his children, as his church, continue to propel the kingdom of God forward through his power and through his spirit? What may be limits for us could maybe, just maybe, be God using his spirit and his children and his church to further the kingdom. I'm limited with what I can do with, with any of these musical instruments. I'm limited with that. I can't tell you any of the chords on this guitar. True story. I know it has six strings, and I know you strum it. And that's about all I know. But my limit in that ability is Josh's giftedness. And therefore, we rely on each other. We depend on each other. And we work together as his church to further the kingdom. My limits may not be his limits. And your limits may not be my limits. And maybe, maybe I think that we have the issue of our culture that we struggle with. Because our culture is so obsessed with you, 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 and in your spotlight. Get your 15 minutes of fame. And, and maybe you're like me and you can hear that voice in your head that maybe as you were younger that told you, well, you can be whatever you want to be. Anybody ever hear that, right? That, maybe that's just me. Kyle, you can be whatever you want to be. Put your mind to it and you can be it. Well, you know what? I wanted to be the next Michael Jordan. I wanted to be a pro athlete. I wanted to play pro basketball, pro football, and pro baseball. I wanted to play it. I wanted to be a pro athlete. But here's what's interesting. I quickly discovered that I do not have the skills and size that others possess to go pro in some of these things. You put a basketball in my hands, you put a basketball in my hands, I can dribble, I can pass, I can score a few buckets. But put that same basketball in LeBron James's hands and you have one of the best basketball players to ever play the game. You, you hand me a football and I can juke and I can stiff arm and I can do a really good spin move, but you put that same football in the hands and the arms of Barry Sanders, and you have one of the most elusive, excel, like fastest, incredible Hall of Fame football players to ever play the game. 
I play a lot of baseball in my day and even softball. You put a bat and a ball in my hands, I can play the sport pretty well. I can hit the ball, I can, I can catch it. But put the same bat and the same ball in Jackie Robinson's hands, and you're going to see barriers fall, and you're going to see incredible skill and talent like you've never seen before. The reality is this. What if our limits are actually gifts from God? But so often in our culture, we are set on ourselves. We're set on my spotlight. Look at me. And I think that when we are trying to operate outside of what we have been gifted in, and we try to push those limits, and we try to do all these other things, and we go outside of our limits, and we're pushing, and we're pushing, and we're pushing, and we're trying to just eat up the spotlight, I think that's where we get in danger zone. And I think that's where we need to remember that the light of God inside of you must always be brighter than the spotlight on you. Otherwise, it will destroy you. If we push our limits and we keep redlining everything and we keep pushing and pushing and pushing for more of the spotlight, we slowly start to see our lives fall apart and crumble and crumble and crumble. God has gifted each and every one of us for his purposes. And the gifts that he has given you, and I believe that we are all gifted by the Holy Spirit. God works through us. He's gifted us. And he's gifted each and every one of us. And and he works in us, but he has limits on those. And it's not to harm us or hinder us. It's just to show his glory in the fullest. And when we begin seeing our limitations as gifts from God, our perspective uh, changes radically. Remember that, that Christ himself was limited. 30 years. Jesus walked this earth for 30 whole years before even starting his ministry. 30 years Jesus was here as the son of God, as divine man and God, but yet 30 years he worked, showed up every morning with his hammer and the nails. 30 years Jesus was limited. It was 30 years. It's a long time. Let's also not forget that Jesus was limited in the desert. He was tempted three times. Three times. And on the last temptation, he had the temptation to receive glory before it was time. But here's the beauty of it all. Jesus even accepted the Father's limits. And he walked in them. And he trusted him in them. What if the limits in our life are gifts from God? Some of us may be familiar with this young, well, I say young. She's my age now. But uh, Bethany Hamilton. Bethany was this young girl. She was 13 at the time when she had a horrific surfing accident. I'm sure many of us have watched the movie about it. A 14-foot tiger shark comes up and attacks her as she's surfing. And in this attack, she loses an arm. And what's incredible is, I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever tried surfing or not, but um, your arms actually help you balance. And so as she now has this new limit in her life, she has to figure out how to operate in that. 
And I'm sure that losing an arm is a limit, but I'm sure there was also a limit of there may be a new fear of the water. What if there's another shark? What if I can't swim fast enough? What if? Limit. But here's what's incredible. Bethany's story is this beautiful story of overcoming. I think we all can understand that. I mean, yes, she's gone on to be one of the top-ranked surfers of these times. She's gone on to win many, many titles. She's gone on to be listed in and inducted into the Surfing Hall of Fame. Absolutely. But I think there's a bigger, better story than her surfing story. Because you see, in the middle of this surfing story, in the middle of learning how to operate now with this new limit of losing an arm, she discovered something that was deeply rooted and deeply planted within her heart. She's impacted hundreds upon hundreds and thousands of people with her story. She's impacted them with the, the moments where she's talked with these young people. And the book she's written, and even now some of the new movies that she's released, she's impacting them, and she's encouraging them and equipping them to, to embrace the limits of your life and trust God that he has it. It's so beautiful when you understand that even in this limit that she was dealt, God worked and created something bigger than just surfing. And for me, I remember watching and hearing this story the first time. And for me, this Bethany story, it reminds me to look at what God has planted deep inside of me. It reminds me to remember what he has created me to be and gifted me to be. Bethany's story reminds me to operate within his limits, trust his guidance in my life, trust the spirit of God, to embrace the limit that is set and know that beyond that, God has it all under control. I want to leave you with a few simple questions. And if you have a pen, I want to encourage you to write them down, and I mean that. Number one is, uh, is this. <clears throat> what limit is God asking you to walk in and trust him in? What, what limit right now is God asking you to walk in and trust him in? What limit is God asking you to maybe sit down in front of him and say, I trust you in this limit, to operate in this limit, God? I also want to ask you, where have you tried to pass and push past your own limits right now? And where is it burning you out? Limits are gifts from God. And if we continue to just ignore them or try to push past them, it begins to burn us out. And here's what's so radical that I've discovered over these last few months is that when we are running the meter at red all the time, when we are pushing and pushing and pushing, and we're saying yes to so much, and we're saying yes to this and yes to that, and we never say no, and we never understand our limit or accept our limit or operate in our limit, we then are faced with the decision of what are we going to let go so that we can embrace the limit set before us. And more times than not in these past few months, the first thing that people over and over have let go is their soul care, their spiritual care. I'm telling you right now, it's the most important one. Don't let that go. Don't let God speaking to you go. Don't, don't neglect him working in your life. And what thing have you been doing right now 
that you need to release to him so that you can walk in his spirit to the fullest. What if God is asking us to do the simple things in life? What if God is just simply looking at you and he just simply is asking you to simply take the simple steps in life, to embrace the limits in your life? Because if we're not willing to do the simple things in life, we may miss the supernatural things in life. Simple thing. A simple thing of if, if you give me a staff, I'll do my best Donatello Ninja Turtle impression. But you put that same staff in the hands of Moses, and he's going to lead a whole entire nation through a sea. You give me a slingshot and a few rocks, I'll break a window. But you put that same slingshot and rocks in the hands of David, and he's going to slay a giant. And you give me this hammer and these nails, and I might build you a birdhouse. I might be able to build you a pretty decent birdhouse. But you put that same hammer and these same nails in the hand of God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. Put these in his hands. And he's going to build redemption, salvation, and restoration in your life. It all depends on embracing the limits before you. And letting God work through those. So what if God is asking you? to embrace the limits he's put in your life and the gifts he's put in your life, to see him work like he's never worked before in your life. What do you need to maybe stop today? Because you've been redlining your life and it's feeling so tiring. And he's just saying, embrace my limits and you're going to see a whole new radical life. Father, we just pray right now. I pray right now, Lord. God, I pray that you would allow us to, 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 to understand the limits of our life, to understand the, the limits you've given us so that we can ex, explain to others the, the fullness of you, God, that we could live in the fullness of you, live our lives in the fullness of you and our limits. So God, we give you our limits. God, we give you our gifts. God, we give you ourselves. We give you our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would transform us as we walk and, and, and just cling to the limits and gifts you've given us. Knowing that the limits in our life, just like the gifts that you've given us, they've all been given to us as gifts freely from you. So Lord, let us embrace them and let us walk in them, Lord. We love you, Father. We pray this in your name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.